Welcome back to season five of the RAG podcast. We've taken a little break. We've had a break since June 2021. It's now October 2021 and we are back with a bigger and better season than ever before. After 200 episodes, over two and a half years, a global pandemic, we've interviewed some of the biggest names in the recruitment sector and told so many stories of startup to scale up growth. We're coming back, but we're a little bit different. You know, over the last year, my life personally has changed dramatically. I've gone from someone who lived in London, worked in an office with my team, and then was catapulted into this new world where my relationships broken down. I left London, my business went remote. I felt like I lost touch with who I was physically, mentally, emotionally, and I spent the last year working on myself. I think recording some of the episodes of the show has helped me, um, but also I've invested in coaches and support, a support network to help me get back on track. But every single time, I've spoken about it to recruitment owners, my client base, they've, I've just heard too many people agree that they've had the same experience. Too many people have struggled with four key areas of life and that's maintaining their daily habits of performance at work, running a business where all they do is serve others. At the same time, trying to be the best person to their family, their friends, their spouse, their loved ones, being the best father, husband, whatever, mother, sister, daughter, whatever it is they wanna be. So many people have lost track of their mental and physical health. They're not, they've not got any routine to keep optimal in that area. And finally, when it comes to self-improvement, hobbies, interests, uh, growth, that's just about you as, a, as, a, as an individual. That is something that so many of us as, as recruitment entrepreneurs and, and business entrepreneurs, we just struggle with. You know, We serve other people all the time and we forget. So this season, it's going to be different. I'm going to be interviewing still the brightest minds, the biggest names in the recruitment sector, but I'm going to be talking about the daily entrepreneurial habits and the way in which they optimize their life in those four key areas. How do they do it? Some people will tell stories of success. Others will share when they've dramatically failed. But together, I want to be bringing to you a story every single Thursday live on LinkedIn and then Mondays on Apple and Spotify where you can learn and you can empathize and connect to stories that are similar to yours. And hopefully if you can just take one nugget of information from every single episode, then, you know, I've done my job. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. Hello and welcome, right? We are live. We are live on LinkedIn and I'm back. Season five, we are back. Um, today, I am excited to be live on LinkedIn and joined by Mark Zanowski. Mark, for the first episode of season five, is someone I connected to in uh, earlier in the summer. I think we actually spoke when England were in the Euros semifinals for the yes. first time. Yeah, we, we were excited. We, we were excited then. We were really excited, and and we've we've been in touch ever since. Now I'm going to let Mark do an introduction in a moment, but he's a, he's a he's a very well known guy in the industry. Um, one of the founders of Staff Group, which if you don't know, we're an incredible business that was sold um, after I think 12 or so years after Mark was involved yeah. from the start. Um, and uh, you know, I want to get into Mark's story um, in just a moment. Now, before I do, I want to mention two of our sponsors this season. Um, you know these guys already, right? So I just want a quick word about the guys at Odro. You know, you can see the logo below. Odro are um, friends of Hoxo. We've worked with them now for a long time. 
And um, I was recently at the uh, Talent International Tech Star Awards in London. I, I put a lot of stuff up on LinkedIn about me being there um, and being involved in it. Anyway, we, we lost both awards at Hoxhill, which was a bit of a shame. Um, but uh, Odro had a clean sweep. Everything they entered, they won it. Ryan McCabe took, a, took home an award for as CEO of the year. And then I know they went to the Recruiter Awards and they won Best Innovation. So they're absolutely flying as an organization. I'm proud that they sponsored the RAG again for another season. Um, but what I wanted to let you guys know is that they are hiring. So they are growing in their sales and customer success teams and they're looking for recruiters to join the business. They only hire people from recruitment background in those roles. So if you're interested and you're listening, get in touch with uh, Dougie Lone on LinkedIn and Dougie's the, the Chief Revenue Officer or email recruitment at odro.co.uk. Um, second on the list of sponsors today are Vincere, the number one um, all-in-one platform effectively for recruitment that connects back, middle and front office teams. It's, it started off as a CRM and it's evolved so much. Um, now, if you're thinking about moving CRMs or you're thinking about um, starting a business with a CRM, I just honestly, from my experience now of dealing with over 2,000 recruiters in the market every single week, um, there's, there's no one who comes close. So get in touch with these guys. And if you would like to get a discount, if you're a RAG listener, they'll give you an amazing deal. All you need to do is go on www.vincere.io forward slash RAG. Uh, mention that'll, that'll notify them that you've got a, a relationship with the RAG podcast and you'll get a great deal. Right, let's get into today's show. Mark, welcome. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm absolutely fine. Um, I'm delighted to be back. This feels feels different. It feels like, uh, I don't know, I've had a really long break. I was I stopped recording in June, I think. It's the longest I've ever done since I started the yeah. show. So I feel like I've had a rest. How uh, How's life for you as we've now come out of the summer? Yeah, it's good, actually. I, I, I really like September uh, and October. I think partly because my kids um, are back at school. Uh, but it's, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really good. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing this. I've missed your podcast, not over the summer because they were a key companion in my dog walks uh that i i used to uh you know walk around the countryside so no i'm all good well look i um i'm delighted to have you on the show uh, as as i've mentioned quite a lot you know this season's going to be different um but we still want to know about you so tell us just give us an overview of who you are and what it what your i guess the bird's eye view of mark zanowski for people yeah um so i'm Mid forties, uh, been uh, living in Sussex near near the Ashdown Forest. Uh, I have been in recruitment all my working life, uh, from literally before graduation, starting at S three, uh, and worked there for for a few years, like a, a lot of other um, people who who've gone on separate recruitment companies. Uh, and I set up Staff Group uh, with Paul Flynn in two thousand and three. Uh, Paul, I think, has been on your uh, show before. He has. Uh, yeah, uh, good guy. Uh, and um, I exited that business with Paul in 2015 at the very end of the year. Uh, had a little bit of a break um, and then set up uh, Engtal with Chris Atia. Uh, and that was a very end of 2017, really started in, in Jan 18. Um, and that is a recruitment company based in Chicago. Uh, we've got um, some people in Dallas, uh, in Texas, and I've got a few people in the UK who are waiting for um, the 
visa situation in the embassy to to, to open up so they can move um, in earnest. Um, but <laughs> Engtal is a uh, staffing company that specialises only in the US, and all we do is the US. Not not no real interest in anything else. Uh, we work on the tech space, uh, sort of partnering with startups, more established firms, uh, placing gifted, typically gifted graduates who have got the world at their feet, if you like, um, uh, around the East Coast, Midwest and the the, the, the West of, of the US. Uh, we also do a little bit of engineering as well, um, which is actually what we started doing. And then COVID forced a little bit of a pivot to, to the tech space. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that's really what we do. I think we've got 25 people, including me, uh, at Intel. Um, and that business is going going really well. Where did where did your journey with Staff Group end? Was it with the exit, or did you leave earlier? No, it, it ended with the exit. We 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 stuck. Paul and I stuck around for um, a bit longer to, to to help everything with the with the transaction. Um, although we didn't particularly have to, but we we wanted to. Uh, and so yeah, that that ended tail end of. Uh, of 2015 um and we sold to order group um which is you know a reasonably high profile deal i think at the time um and then yeah we, then i thought that was it i was done with recruitment to, to be honest with you uh, i always wonder like i always always wonder this like you know when you exit a business and you make i imagine you made a considerable amount of money that was life-changing mm. what motivates you then to get back into i mean why work again why not just chill out and just have time it was and it was it was a really it was a really weird one we, so we sold um in in the winter um you know as we so we sold at the summer but we exited the business in winter yeah. and paul and i often joke about that being uh we got our timing a little bit wrong because it was it was miserable weather-wise um <laughs> and so I, I i thought i knew what i wanted to do when i sold the business and i i actually realized i don't i didn't know myself as well as i thought i did at the time so you bought wow properties you um thinking uh, you know i thinking right i'm going to just do absolutely nothing um but for the rest of my life and just live off the, the rental income you know invest in stock markets with with advisors that sort of thing invest in a couple of other non-recruitment companies i did and i did all that um but honestly the la the year after i sold i was flat i was miserable really um yeah, I the the the, the feeling of, you, you have the money in your bank account, you think it's great, but but for me it, it created a few questions um, that that I I'd just turned forty. I mean, I literally was forty years of age and uh, a few months, and I'm thinking, okay, you you'd like to think you've got um, you're halfway through life, or, you know, near enough. Um, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And so many of the, the investments I made were, were fundamentally passive investments. You know, you, you 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 buy a house, you rent it out, you get rent every single month. There isn't a massive amount uh, left to do unless, you know, there's, yeah. there's there are problems and stuff. And um, you invest in a company, but a lot of people, just, they want your money. They, you know, they they say that there's other expertise that you've got, but a lot of crap to, to be honest with you they just they just want your money um and whether it um succeeds or fails isn't really down to you at all right so um so i i i missed what I you're missed saying you miss, were you missing like the control element then like it's like yeah i was you, you'd lost control like the influence. You, you yeah you the had the influence, influence of what you on you had you were in the driving seat and then suddenly you yeah 
your money's going elsewhere. Yeah, all right, you, you're living comfortably, but you've lacked that lacking yeah, influence. And, yeah, Purpose. absolutely. You, 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 you have a recruitment company. I think we had 120 headcount at Staff Group, roughly speaking, when we exited. Yeah. It, it, it's quite a privileged situation. And, and the reality is, life in that company, when you get to that size, is easier, in, in my opinion, than when you are 15, 20 headcount, because you've got yeah. depart, department heads who are running the operations, running the compliance, running the office, running the sales functions, um, running the, the the various offices that you might have around the world. Um, and your day is really managing them. And, you know, Paul and I would do that together. Uh, but they're pretty good. They're, they're pretty competent. They know what they're doing. So I think it gets, and I, I still think this, it, it does get easier uh, as you get bigger. Um, the hard bit, and you know, you know, for people running recruitment companies now, is that for me, it's ten to twenty headcount. Yeah. When you've got to scale up, um, you've got to be able to back off a little bit and let other people have time to flourish or fail. Uh, that, that's the that's the harder bit, I, I think. So, I think you when you're know, running, did you always know you wanted a big business. Did you always have that exit in mind, even in the early days? We spoke about it a lot, and it was the natural. I, I always sort of. Paul and I always used to speak about the story had to end uh, at, at some point because we were right. what 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 we had at Staff Group was obviously it was privately owned, no external investment, but we had we were a really strong contracts recruitment company um, with high average margins, circa five hundred sterling per week per contractor, um, and we had you know four hundred and fifty odd runners uh, of that ilk, and there weren't many companies in the professional arena like that so we there, there were some there were a few but there weren't many yeah. uh so um we always kind of knew um that maybe we there was a, a resilience in our income if we did badly we still make quite a lot of money um so it was it was it would be a good investment for someone uh and um so i think yeah we we, we, we had an idea but we weren't on the market when we sold you know we were we were approached um which was interesting but we had we'd gone through a process before i think 2012 so three years before we actually sold with another uh staffing firm who, who tried to buy us so we weren't that that in many ways was quite a good grounding for the actual process because selling your selling your business is is selling your baby in a way yeah. uh and um so it was it was a it was a great experience staff group was was great loads of loads of great memories loads of great stories and you know it, a lot of people from that company have set up their own their own business now actually brilliant yeah absolutely brilliant so as a as a leader and founder of a growing a business a one that, that does achieve what probably everyone sets out to achieve really i mean there's some that that, that don't want to sell and grow there's you know they just love the cash and the lifestyle but yeah. so many that listen to my show will be the ones that want to emulate you. I, I want to get into like how, not the, not the kind of overarching numbers, but the how you did it. Like the, as a person, like what do you think separated you, Mark, from founders that maybe can't achieve that? Like what did you, what do you think you did that allowed you to continually grow the business? I think that. We had a good team because it's never down to one person. So, so we had a good team. Um, Paul and you I. Yeah, to find a team. <laughs> yeah, we did. It started though from Paul and I, um, <laughs> uh, and we we you know we worked well together. We we 
we were good friends then, I, we're good friends now. Uh, and I've spoken to a lot of people since and, and a bit during who, who did it as a two, so set up a company mm -hmm. as a two. And there have been fallouts or different directions people wanted to, to, to go down. But fundamentally, Paul and I had the same sort of values. Uh, and we were both always kind of heading in the same direction. You know, if we disagreed or fell out, it was very, very brief. Um, and we were bulletproof. You know, we were, you know, you couldn't really get in the way of our, our relationship, if you like. You know, we were all, we had each other's backs. Um, and then we, we, we had a, we, we, we put together a team over time, but it isn't, it isn't linear. It isn't, it doesn't go seamlessly. You know, you, 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 you make some mistakes along the lines, you bat the wrong people. Um, but you've got to, you've got to take people who've got the same, I suppose, or similar uh, values to you and who, who are ambitious. And we were fairly relentless characters. I think, you know, we pushed people really, really hard. And I think one of the things that, um, Paul and I have have got then, and I think we've got it now. Is we are we are never satisfied. We're all about being better tomorrow. Yeah, we can yeah. come in. We can come in and do a really good month, um, and we are we act like we've got nothing. Um, that, that I'm not saying. Well, I, I think. I mean, I'm not saying I'm anywhere near your level in in any way, but I can totally empathise with that. Me and Anna, my business partner, we're we're never satisfied, and that and it's, no. it's actually quite disheartening sometimes. <laughs> You know, you speak to someone, family or friends, and they're like, you just had a fucking amazing month. Look what you've yeah. achieved this year, you know. And then, but you're like, well, so what? Like, where can we go next? Yeah. Which is, yeah. do you think that's healthy, though? Is that a healthy no, way? I, it can't because there's, it takes a toll on people. So, you mm. know, my, my wife will say to me, you know, you can be quite hard to live with, you know, with that type of um, mindset because you're always, you're always thinking about improvements. You're always thinking about how you could be better tomorrow um but that living with someone like that isn't easy um so no i don't i don't think it, i don't think it is uh, uh, always a great quality but there's no doubt about it in business it does make you really really good i think that you know one thing i would say is however much money paul and i were earning and paul and i earned well on the way up which i think is something that isn't spoken about um in podcasts of recruitment companies that i've listened yeah. to but i think it's really important and i give you know, when, when people ask me for advice, I do give advice for that. If you are only looking to exit your staffing business, you have a problem. Mm. You've got to, you've got to earn well, live a good life. You've got to be aspirational on, on the way up. And I think some recruitment, you know, founders, they will have a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, a bad quarter, and they wear their face. And that, that's a phrase that I use a lot. So they wear their face on the floor and I'm thinking, okay, you might have had dropouts or, or whatever it may be, but the guy who, or girl who's been in your business for two or three months <laughs> will see you. They will see you looking stressed. They will see you looking miserable and they won't aspire to, to, to be where you are. And I think you've got to get people to want to have that lifestyle who, who want to feel as much as they can, the sort of footsteps that you're walking in. So, I think that's a really, really important thing as well. I love that. I've, I've never, 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 really, yeah, no, no one ever has talked about how much they've earned along the way. Um, yeah. And was, how do you come to those decisions with Paul? Like, how do you decide how much you do pay yourselves on the way? Well, you've got to, you've got to watch the cash. You've got to keep a very tight eye on the cash. And I think that's something, I think everyone knows that at the beginning, but then maybe year three, four, five, when you've perhaps, 
you've got other people in those departments that you, you don't know. But but I think if you're making, let's say you're making, I don't know, two million net profit in a year, um, you probably, I don't know, good corporate governance would be to leave at least half of that in the business. But that's that's being generous. You, you could probably take a bit more than that. But mm. you've got to you've got to earn on the way there because what we found in 2012 was when we had this other organisation um, <laughs> that, that came to buy us and it got as far as they put an offer on the table. We were earning good money, um, but it wasn't it wasn't life changing money. And when the deal we we pulled out of the deal because of the way they wanted to stage the the, the payments, um, we. We looked at it and I think that was a key point in our journey because we then thought, okay, we really wanted this because we were focusing on this headline number that they had set rather than the way it was going to get paid. So after that point from 2012 to 2015, we earned earned pretty well. And, you know, if you're looking for, um, I I would say at least taking half of what you make, you know, net net profit wise um, before tax is, is probably what I would say would be would be safe, um, and then then look if you sell great, but you don't you don't have to um, yeah. you don't have to sell it. Does that look? Does that look? Would it look bad on you from the from the buyer that you're taking out fifty percent of net profit every year? Would that no, we 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 use it as a negotiating tool. We we would say that if if this if you walk away into the sunset and if nothing else happens, fine. You know our life is perfectly good as as it was you know i wasn't i wasn't coming into the office on fridays um at that point i wasn't expected to um particularly uh i would go out you know i'd come up to the office on fridays if i was going out socially made on a friday you know that that's the sort of arrangement my life was good um you know at least it felt good at the time you know to, to so i didn't need the deal so we would, we would say like, what was your routine like at that point when you built the business what would a day look like in your world so we would um, get into the office. I'd get there for about 20 past eight. You'd have internal meetings. My, my days were slightly different because my, a lot of my kind of role was to run Germany. Uh, so I would t- typically on a Monday to Wednesday, um, not, not every week, but, but a lot of weeks, maybe two weeks and three, I would go to Berlin uh, on a Monday morning um, from Gatwick Airport and get over there. So then I'd come back on a, maybe a Wednesday evening or Wednesday, five o'clock, four o'clock, go up to London on the Thursday. That was often a lot of my routine. And then we'd have internal meetings, you know, on a Thursday. So um, that was a similar thing. But before that, when I, when I, when, when I wasn't back to Germany so much, it would be internal meetings on a, uh, with, with the various departments, with the internal recruitment team, with the operations team, with Paul a lot go uh at lunch to the gym or paul paul and i would often go to a, for a run uh you know around south bank you know it's, it's, it's nice around there uh and I, I i say run but it would be a, a job would be more trundling along trundling along the road so um yeah so, so we we would do that and then similar in the afternoon and then you know leave the office at five something like that but a lot of it was internal meetings i wasn't particularly I wasn't at all client focused or, or, or anything like that, but it wasn't hard. It wasn't particularly hard because, you know, a lot of the people were, were reasonably good at their, their jobs. You'd get internal, you know, a lot of internal sometimes disputes about the sale on the sales side of things about territories and stuff like that, but n- nothing, I, I'm sure that goes around, you know, all recruitment companies all around the, the Europe and, and stuff. Okay. So 
<coughs> to conclude on <coughs> on this bit, sorry, Mark, I've got a right cough. To conclude on this bit, what I've learned from this is when you're on the way up, you you guys were relentlessly investing in people and yeah. pushing pushing people. You know. By the way, we just had a few comments. We've had uh, Sid Barnes has just said hello. Um, we've got. Uh, <laughs> Got a guy who works for understanding recruitment, but sourcing and listening in. Guys, whoever if you are listening, please feel free to ask us some questions. It pops up on my screen, and I'll I'll ask Mark whatever uh, whatever you want within reason. You know, if you're going to put him on the spot, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, but, uh, so you, you you know, on the way up, you've got to invest in others. You're spending like every you know your week is designed to to put time into other people, be there for others, but at the same time you're taking. You're taking money so that you've actually got a great lifestyle. So the, the the vision of exit becomes advantageous, but not everything. You're not you're not completely yeah. reliant on it, right? That that's a really I've never heard, I've never thought about that. Well, I think I think if you're a superstar employee in recruitment, and again, this is this isn't spoken about enough. What's your ceiling financially? What are you really going to earn? I mean, I'd say there's a number of plenty of people earning a hundred thousand a year. Mm. Um, you get to 150 to 200,000 for obvious reasons there is there are not that many people as employees earning that level of yeah. um, money but but it is possible i got um, to my in london i've 192,000 i earned in my third year yeah which was and, and how joke. how many people you know who you know who you worked as employees were earning over a quarter of a million um i, I would suggest probably not many. i don't know that's right yeah, it's really hard. It's it's really hard to do that. So you know that was the that was the key thing that that, that kind of my takeaway was that if you're running a business, I think you need to try and broach breach that two fifty earning level, getting between two fifty to, to say five hundred. Um, that's what I think is a really good income for a recruitment owner um and it's something that then if you are surrendering that and if you are selling that and if you're staying on in the business you might not you won't you possibly won't or probably won't be able to earn that much money it's something that you will be hesitant about walking away and when you come to sell or if you ever in that situation you shouldn't be desperate it, it shouldn't mm -hmm. be something that if it falls through you will be depressed about it should be yeah. you know great um it, it's someone's else someone else's turn to take over the story i think the people that probably are so desperate are the ones that are working still like leading it they're owning everything and they're the ones that are less likely to sell because yeah they are they are you know involved in everything yeah so when you when you had leaders in those roles and you were flying to germany or in the uk like what actual what were they actually asking you what 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 value are you still were you bringing at that point because they you know, i think they're running divisions it's not, yeah it's not as much as you you know you, you, you like everyone has an ego and they like to think that they are they are business critical but we also knew that before selling you know that it, unless you, you don't you want you want the, the buyer to buy what is a what is a good company and if you are involved in everything then it isn't necessarily a, a good company if you're not there so so mm. it's just it's some of it's keeping people in check some of it is managing egos because some of the better salespeople do have um huge egos and it, it's it's making sure that you're involved in people's worlds you're involved in people's challenges being involved so in my case it would be involved in things like promotion um interview slash uh, meetings um i was still trying to interview people for, for the company and i think 
that job of interviewing people for your company, it does become such a big chunk of your role. I, I would say that, you know, on leaving for Paul and for I, it was often 30% of our, our week. If you were to allocate the hours was on interviewing people for, for your company. And I do think that's important because I think that if you are, if you, there is that quality control check and you are really front of house, you know, representing your business, I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. We talked bef- briefly before the show as well about you had years at Staff Group where the turnover was so high, even though you were, you were hiring all the time. The num- it was like a, a leaky bucket, right? People coming in, yeah. people leaving. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, we, we, you know, we, we won a lot of awards. We had a really strong uh, marketing team. We had a really strong learning and development team uh, ran by some, some fantastic people. Uh, and I think that we, we would be winning awards sometimes and I'd be thinking there's a lot to improve upon this business, you know, upon this business. And I think one year, I remember 2008, we, I looked at 2011, um, every single hire that we made in 2008. And I think we had like one uh, or two people still with the business. We'd hired 55 uh, people or uh, something like that in the year and lost 53. Not, not, not all of them, all of them, you know, it wasn't quite as linear as that, but eventually they all left the business three years later and we'd be winning awards and, and that. And when, when you reflect upon, you know, when you um, when you sell the business, that if you've got a high staff turnover, there there is uh, there is a problem within your business that you need to understand and that you need to analyze. And I look at recruitment companies now, and I think a lot of recruitment companies, or the vast majority of recruitment companies, are doing really well. Everyone's posting about record months, uh, and that and that's great. But what distinguishes a, a great recruitment company from a from an average or from a good recruitment company is the staff turnover. If you are losing people left, right, and center, particularly voluntary leavers, where they are choosing to leave of their own free yeah. will, you are you're, there is there is a problem in your company, and when the market turns or whatever, it will it will become something that you will need to deal with. So that what? that's for me. <laughs> what did you do to fix it? Um, I think I think in staff group, you know, Paul and I used to kind of discuss this, and it was. In London, which was principally where most of the staff were, were joining, uh, people had a lot of other options. And we, we spoke about the reality of what's life like at, for a recruitment consultant at our firm. And they would be typically earning 40, 45,000, um, right. which was, was all right. Uh, but it's not necessarily life-changing sums of money by any stretch. And in London, you know, you'll you know, having lived there, it doesn't necessarily go that far away. And we would lose a lot of people to... Not, not to other recruitment companies. We were, I think we were always really strong on that. It would just be they wanted to just do something different. Yeah. So did we did we ever really conquer it? I, I don't know if we did, to, to be honest with you. I don't think that um, it was, we got maybe a bit better at it by being a little bit more selective about who we hired and having more, uh, you know, slightly more processes. But what, what really helped us, I think, was going to Germany, whereby... In other words, we went to Berlin. There's quite a few recruitment companies in Berlin now, but there yeah, wasn't when yeah, yeah. we were there. I think, uh, I, I really think it was Robert Half, Michael Page, and then of the privately recruitment firm, firms, we, we would be probably one of the next biggest ones. Uh, and that really helped because there was um, less people to compete with for the talent and, and less options for them to go to. Uh, but I think, I think 
pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, I think selling a recruitment company up in London was then uh, and possibly is now is, is, is challenging because mm. there are so many other options. There are more options probably than, than any other place in Europe for, for people to go to. So um, no, no. I think... Probably in the world. I don't think there's yeah, a city. It, yeah, it feels like that. It feels like that. And maybe... I've got a couple of questions coming through. I just want to address them now. So Connor Broderick says, good morning. Have you got any advice specifically for starting up? So it must be either he's starting up or he knows someone is. Like, I guess... What's the first thing you would logically say to someone who's starting up a business right now? Why, why do you want to start up? That would be the very first question I would ask them. What it, what, you know, and this is something I'm, I'm quite big about. You know, what is your why? What, what, why are you looking at starting it up? Is it lifestyle? Is it for financial reasons? Is it because there is no company to employ you that you, you are looking up to? But you've got to be very honest with yourself. And you've got to tell someone who is a confident partner, parent sibling best friend your your real truth your 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 why and then i would say to them if you're still a yes on that then work out your expenditure write everything you're spending for the first uh in a month work out what you can cut and then make sure you've got enough money for no income for a year if you're not at that stage i wouldn't even bother, bother doing it but that is the the thing that you want to do because you want to be able to just be you know, completely immersed in your business. You don't want to be thinking about where a client is going to be paying you and, and that sort of thing. I also think <laughs> work out if you want to if you want to do it on your own, do you want to do it with someone else? I think if you look at most staffing companies that have had a degree of success, there aren't many people who did it on their own. There, there are some, but but they're in the minority. Yeah, you're right. you're bang on. Um, and also, is it going to be a contract business or a perm business? If it's going to be a contract business, cash flow will be a, a bit of an issue in the first year. You know, it will be a little bit feast and, feast and famine. If it's permanent, then you should be able to get uh, money uh, quicker. And if you're not a permanent person, I'd possibly partner with someone who is. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I love that. And um, Craig said at the early stage, how did you identify the individual recruiters that would fit your vision? And has it adjusted your views on what makes a good recruiter as attitudes have changed first of all did i like them um you know it was it was, it was the most important thing you know were they were they someone you could be comfortable spending a, a lot of time with that would be a, fu a, a fundamental one it would be looking at sort of lateral thought processes common sense um seeing seeing the angles that that sort of um individual and um Again, what their why was? Why are they here? Um, if yeah. it didn't work out, what 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 would be the reason for that? Um, did their family want them to go into this line of work? You know, it, it's what what was their degree? Um, and I think that's the fundamental. I think you look for different things from sort of zero to twenty, where perhaps you can take less risk. Um, you've got to be. You, I, I do think at that point you probably go for culture fits. And then my big thing is from sort of 20 headcount and above, go for culture ads, you know, mm. go for people who are a little bit different to you. Yes, we all like the graduate with a 2-1 degree from uh, uh, a top 20 university who's got a sporty background, be it male or female. You know, I, I think that that's a type of recruitment that is deemed probably a relatively safe fit. But after that, it's I do think it's about maybe slightly different types of characters who can yeah. really add to your business. Makes sense. Love it. Well, what I want to get into now is the the more personal side of your life, Mark. So you've you've just mentioned briefly, you know, up, on the way up over 12 years, your wife probably said to you, you're a very difficult man to live with. 
tell us just what is your family like? Like, what's your responsibilities outside of work? How is your life set up? So I've got, um, so yeah, live in Sussex. Um, I've got three children. Two of them are teenagers. One of the youngest one is 11, about to be 12. Um, married for just about 20 years, um, right. which is um, bloody ages. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I mean, it, my responsibilities are that you, you know, I've got a brother, I've got a sister, uh, father, um, mother not with us anymore. So, you know, they're kind of my um, people in my immediate circle that, that, you know, you, you, you look out for, I've got nieces, nephews. And um, I think that, I think you, you it, it's an interesting one. So my two older children who uh, are 15, about to be 16, and, and my daughter is 14, they're at um, boarding schools, sort of public schools. So, you know, in, um, in Surrey, uh, in, in my case. So, so I've got one, the youngest one lives with us uh, Monday to Friday, and the other, the older two uh, come home at the weekends. Mm -hmm. So I think that for me, my, my routine and my world is, is, is quite strong. You know, I can have a little bit of order because I'm in control of it a little bit, sort of non-school times. When it gets to the holidays is when it can be a little bit of a challenge because you're, you know, you're a little bit pulled in different directions. And with three children, obviously, you know, you're, you're outnumbered. And we, we live a little bit in the middle of nowhere. So there is a reliance on a car and, you know, they're all, they're all below sort of driving age at the moment. So mm. they can, they can choose to live here. So there's an element you've got to help them. What, what helps my life at the moment? Why? I mean, I'm, I'm probably, you know, I mean, I'm pretty, pretty happy to be, to, to be fair is that with Engtal, that that's based on Chicago time. So six hours uh, time difference. I'm pretty much not really thinking about work too much before half past one in the afternoon. Mm. Um, and that, and that, and that's really good because, you know, from, I don't know, half one to, to two, from half one to 2 PM in the afternoon to about 11 PM, I'm kind of on the clock. I'm kind of getting messages and, yeah. um, I, I, I'm preoccupied at the, the very best, but before that period of time, it's, it's great. Um, and I know where I am. Kids know where, you know, kids know if they're at home what you know we could we could do something in you know in the holidays where i don't know, go to a driving range to play hit some golf balls around or something like that so it works it works quite well and i'm quite used to it now okay so let's go back to when you were at the staff group then so i imagine it was a bit different kids were younger yeah. you did you were they in any form of boarding primary school or were they no 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 they really started sort of boarding yeah. in, their, in their teens but no they weren't so yeah they were younger that was that was tougher at, at times because you'd be going you know to, to berlin or going on easy yeah. it would always be easy jet and honestly i've i developed a hatred of the color orange uh because <laughs> it was there was no amount of money that you could do uh to make that journey any better than than it was um, you know no real food on, on on board or anything like that quite cramped often delayed um, which was my kind of uh, thing um, but you'd be saying goodbye to the kids on, on a Monday and then potentially depending on when you come back you know if you came back on say Wednesday evening you wouldn't really see them again until until yeah. Thursday and then I'd be going to London on the Thursday in the morning some maybe before they're awake so it could be Thursday evening before you see them, uh, so it's it's a pressure on on your spouse on your partner. Yeah, what? How did your wife cope with that? She would say she raised the kids single handedly, and and how how well she has done. Uh, but no, she um, 
Yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. You know, we, everyone talks about um, sort of working, working mum guilt. Um, uh, and that's very right. And that's very true. But there is also another under discussed topic about fathers who, who, who work, who don't see, don't see their young children. And um, that's tough it's as well. Sense. So, you know, but everything's, everything's a little bit of a sacrifice. I felt I needed to do that because you need to get something off the ground in the first two or three years. And, that's what I did. And it wasn't every week. It was, you know, it was, it was a reasonable amount of weeks. But, but another thing Paul and I did at Staff Group, which is, you know, allied to the kind of any money on the way up, you know, we, we took good holidays. Um, we took, we weren't, we weren't having 20 days holiday a year. It was, it was probably, it may be in my case, nearer to, to sort of 35, 40, um, which gave you the quality time to perhaps make up for it on, on, on the other side. Right. And would you one one topic I'm interested in is communication, right? So like <clears throat> think about a good recruitment business. You've got to have a really strong communication plan with your teams, with your leaders, with your business partner. You have meetings each week, you openly discuss issues, challenges, yeah. things that are on the horizon, developments. Have you ever adopted a similar methodology at home? No. Um, not not like that. It's it, with I think with home, it's about giving time isn't it um it's making time for the the, the people that, that matter i think you know with your wife or husband you know having dinner together uh, you know one once or twice a week is really really important but i think no i didn't have a particular plan with communication or anything like that but but you've got to, you've got to whether it's telephone calls it doesn't have to be face to face you've just got to kind of make sure you know what's going on with the other with the other person's life and I, I think most relationships break down in my opinion through a lack of communication it's crazy that we invest so much into the models of how we communicate at work you know we've got channels we've got meetings we have agendas and we you know it's all about being open and yeah at home we kind of we just like you say i'm not there's nothing wrong with what you've said but i'm not convinced most including myself in the past have put anywhere near as much of emphasis on the communication at home. We've just been almost like that. Well, that, that'll just take care of itself if, if I'm there. Whereas work, it's like yeah. it's constantly all about improvement and development. And it be it be it just it's just a it's mad, yeah. really, isn't it? But it's also it's turning stuff down as well. You know, so, so let's say I don't know on a Thursday in London. I I think most certainly my company. You know, they would all be going out on a Thursday yeah. evening. You didn't even need to ask. It was it was happening. Uh, uh, sometimes you've got to say no. Sometimes you've got to um, you've got to say you know it might be okay. So let's get let's get some food in. I don't know steak or whatever it might be on a Thursday night. And whatever happens, I will be there for this you know meal and then you can chat and i think it's really important i think that you know communication and it's, it's making time for people is 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 absolutely crucial do you think can you remember any times you think you got that wrong where you you didn't get it <laughs> they'd have been plenty. i can't think of any specific times but there have been plenty i mean and there would have been you know perhaps in the earlier days whereby you're meant to be coming home and then uh one drink becomes you know two three or four you're carried or you're carried away with the emotion of yeah, yeah. um the you know the the experience you know you, in my case maybe i'd be going to berlin and i'd be, you'd be you, when you're staying in a hotel uh 
you you know this is this is for, for most people i know who who are traveling at whatever role they have in the company you don't stay in your hotel room necessarily on a tuesday evening watching netflix yeah. you know you, you you go out for dinner and you might you might come home jaded you might come home yeah. not wanting to communicate too much also your trip may have not gone very well you know there may yeah. have been things that you've seen that you perhaps don't like you're traveling overseas to um all these different sites it isn't it isn't it doesn't go swimmingly there's different cultures involved there, there's a different wherever you set up and we only really did germany um but but you know there are challenges over there but i'm sure there's similar but different challenges in the netherlands or or, mm. or france or belgium or wherever so it, it's just not taking work home from you and i'm not very good at that I've, I've, i'm still not perfect at it i do i you know i brood you know i, oh, I, I get there and i'm I, I brood, you know, something I can very easily find something that's gone wrong. Uh, and I'm a very self-critical person I, and I still am a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I spin it a little bit that I'm, I'm accountable. Um, and I, I think, I think that's one of the reasons why I've done okay, because I'm, I'm very comfortable saying, sorry, I'm very comfortable about looking at myself in the mirror. And I think some people are not. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. At the, the, the same time, you can beat yourself up about things a little bit, and you've got to you've got to be present. That's something I've probably learned, you know, reflected on the last few years. If you're with your children, um, whether it's reading a story if they're young, or if you're, I don't know, even if you're playing a video game with them or whatever, you know, you've got to be involved a little bit. And I, I think my children would say there were long periods of time where I was not present with them, um, yeah. and uh, you know, I'm I'm I, they're right as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 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 one of those things. Can you can you still achieve all the things you achieved and still be? I mean, I don't. It's it's just yeah. You know, you've, sacrificed, track, you've, you've sacrificed. Now that you're doing it again, I know you're not as hands on in Engtal and it's a different time zone and stuff. But how much different is your life now, and how much more balanced is it? I, it's 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 really it's really good. And Chris is Chris is doing a a, a really a, a really good job there. He he runs the business, you know making you know day and just most you know the decisions during the day he runs things by me a little bit we talk you know constantly through the mm. the, the various um media but he is the here's the figurehead he's the he's the ceo of the business and you know i'll probably do i don't know four or five zooms a day so you know i'm i'm, I'm reasonably reasonably involved with the different people within the business you know i tend to help out a lot with the help the helping of the closing of the candidate so that is a bit i enjoy actually um the most it's a permanent uh, marketplace the fees are quite big so it's quite uh, it's quite exciting um for, from from that perspective do you still but, have like a little bit of recruitment in like oh I, lo lo I love it i love <laughs> it i love it i i i also you know what i know i love it i'm not ashamed to say i love it i've done other things you know got involved with a sort of an instagram uh as an investor sort of social uh social media company which is which is doing quite well but it's, i'm not i'm not involved i love i i love a lot of the people in recruitment i love watching them on their journey you know and i'm being I'm quite authentic, you know, I'm trying, trying to be quite authentic when I say it, because I really want them to come in and do well. But it, it's worked quite well. I mean, the pandemic, we, if anything, we probably had quite a good pandemic, that, you know, even from the start that because that we, we've worked, you know, with the, with the Zoom communications and the Teams communications, it's worked pretty well i'm very happy it, it's it's over and i think in chicago now they're working in a kind of hybrid model where they're in three days a week 
um but they're 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 a nice bunch um uh, and they're doing I, I like the journey that company's going on you know i've set myself some own challenges can i get play a role in getting that company to be bigger than staff from a gross profit perspective and you know net profit perspective headcount perspective you know those sorts of things um which are kind of challenges i need to set to myself to, to keep myself interested but but i think, I think what do you i think sorry to interrupt there but if you if you took that away now if you took that that purpose that influence away would that would that send you back to a similar moment to when you exited last time and you'd be like you'd be lost a bit do you think yeah, there is there is a bit of a fear uh, of that, and one of the things I said I, I've said to, <laughs> to people in the company, I don't want to sell this business, you know, unless ill health uh, prompts yeah. it, and you, you know, you can never take health for granted. But I don't I don't want to sell this business. I'm I, I, I'm enjoying it, and I've seen the other side a little bit, whereby yeah. you're are a little bit lost um and i'm not you know what what i saw on the other side was that you people would know you'd be around during the day let's say they'd resigned or they were at a loose end you'd be the person they'd be calling for for, for the boozy lunch because they know you'd be present and that's a slippery road to to, to go down you know if you're starting to I know, wow, drink that's a really interesting well if you're starting to drink on a you know during the day on a tuesday um then it can it can set up the the week to to, to fail or, or or not go ideally. So so I like the fact that it gives me a reason to um, <laughs> be be awake. And I'm approaching uh, you know Engtel from a slightly different perspective in the sense that if Engtel goes bust tomorrow, it's not going to make any financial real. You know, it's not going to particularly financially kill, kill me or anything like yeah. that. But it would it would obviously upset me and it would upset a lot of the people in it. So um, I'm I'm kind of. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I don't pay myself a base salary. Don't don't think I ever will um, because you know I don't need to. And it's it's really good watching people blossom and to find their best selves. And just I think when you're when you're setting up a recruitment company where there isn't that financial pressure over you, you can take things um, slightly differently. It's the you don't get carried away by the highs. You don't get necessarily too carried away by the lows. You can take a slightly more linear view of things you can take a view of things i've had people who haven't done a deal for first four months or something like that and do you know what you don't have to fire them you can work with them to get them better if their attitude is right so it's it's kind of it's work it's work it's working it's working really well i was i was over there a, a couple of weeks ago so um you know you'll be I'm, I'm pleased that we went to the Ryder cup in the us and, and that was wonderful to, to to spend time with 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 all of them and you know i'm really looking forward to when when travel is going to get a little bit better than you know be a fairly easy to to go over and for the people from the uk to go over as well makes sense um obviously I, 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 we spoke when the euros was on you've just been to the Ryder cup so is, is attending sporting events something that's important to you and being out and about at these types? Yeah, of I, I think so. I think that the the pandemic was, um, you know, you, you reevaluate things, don't you? And you think about what you enjoy and what you um, what you love. And I, I like I like sport. I love you know football is is probably the the, the main one I like. But as said to you before, I went to the, you know the Euros. I did that with family. I know. I was um, jealous. So jealous. Yes. Actually. 
semis and the, the semis of the final. The final was a little bit moody, actually, to uh, go <laughs> with, with go with your kids and walking on broken glass, you know, squidge, squidge, oh. squidge everywhere down Wembley Way. Um, yeah, went to the Ryder Cup, which was which was fantastic. We took uh, seven of our performers, and it, the course was like a couple of miles from or three hours from Chicago, so it was um, it was feasible and it was an opportunity to go to. Uh, there was about I don't know, I saw probably twenty five european fans over the whole weekend um so you were very much in the minority uh so chris chris who's who's, who's british and, and i were kind of you know very much giving our best but we got absolutely trounced um okay. so that's so that's good and you know i'd, I'd love, probably like to go to the super bowl in los angeles uh early next year uh that would be another thing that, that i'd like to do so, so do you kind of kind of do those when it comes to your own self then like obviously it's kind of work related kind of family related but when it, do you have a kind of a strategy over the year which says like this is how i'm gonna look after myself like this is the types of things i want to do that i'm going to enjoy these are the hobbies i've got you know do you have, do you think like that like longer yeah term? I, I i i do i do a little bit and i i i manage like that as well and i but i also manage myself so i i, I would say right you're starting off in january or whatever um what does a good year look like for you what does a good look, good year look like for me? And I, I, I don't care who you are. The first thing is the is the health, um, the safety of you, of you and your loved ones, um, which this pandemic has taught us. We absolutely cannot take for granted. Um, and then you go down. You know what does a good year professionally uh, look like? And one of the things I say to, to to the staff is, okay, so if I'm to call you in telephone you up in twelve year twelve months time, or it could be two years time, um, and you are professionally happy what does professionally ha professionally happy look like you know talk about what that looks like how does that affect your personal life yeah, what right. goals do you have do you want to buy a property do you want to move to a certain area you know let's talk about all of these things that was such a good question by the way i'm going to use that i'm going to use yeah, that well it talks about what 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 good looks like if you like but from a from a whole um from a whole life perspective so yeah. i think yeah you you, you do you, you plan out things that you want to do places you want to travel and i think that's a lot of people, you know, you know, traveling has been something that gives it gave us so much joy, whether it's going to a capital city in Europe for the weekend or going to the Dubai or the Caribbean or America, you know, wherever it might be. And it's something that I guess all of us, you know, next year, hopefully we'll, we'll want to kind of almost rectify the lost time that we've had. But but it's so important to look at what what good looks like for for, for your life as much as anything else. Yeah, and and when it comes to health, what's your what's important to you? Like, how do you how do you focus? What do you focus on? Yeah, so 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 one of the things that so we, one of the things that we we're trying to do at the moment at Lengtel is we there's there's so many incentives and the rewards for doing well is, is with alcohol, um, and we we are yeah. no different to that. You know, we we will do the the cliched lunch clubs and um, quarterly incentives and uh, and team nights out on a smaller level um like that but it's also really important i think to to have health and wellness you know we've got a health and wellness manager within the firm um who whose responsibility is a little bit to, to look after the the employee well-being but we're, we're we've got like steps challenges this month um we we've mixed it up where you're you're, you're given a pair kind of a random pair and it's the two people who do the most steps in the company win a uh, $350 voucher for something to spend on health and wellness. Um, my, 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 my routine is, you know, I'm quite cardio, uh, you know, I do 
Peloton is kind of my thing. So I would, I've been doing Peloton for literally when it first came out. I've got the trainer, really? I've got the bike. Yeah, so I will do 50, 40, 45 to 50 minutes cardio a day. Um, I will do a dog walk before that uh, for about 45 minutes. I will then do weights, you know, say focusing on a muscle group. Um, and so that, but I can do all that in the morning because I've kind of got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free, you got the free, time. Free, free time, and by half eleven, you know, showered, ready, ready, ready for the day, and and doing that. And I think from a mental side of things, this is something I've kind of brought in in the last few months. Is is reading a book yeah. during the day, which again I can do because of the way my my days are managed. And what what I've found I was a tweak I've made this year was, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm more attracted to sort of business books or sporting autobiographies, you know, the, the classical sort of stereotype, but I'm trying to read fiction <laughs> for half an hour during the day um, for, for escapism, putting phone away, not, not bothered about um, Teams messages or, you know, social media or um, people WhatsApping you or so, something like that. And um, really just getting rid of the noise and just escaping into some character's uh, work. And that's been that's been brilliant for me. Carry my Kindle around with me, you know, if I'm in the house, you know, in, a, in, a, in my bag, if I'm moving from different rooms. So it's kind of always there with me. So I think that's um, that's really, really important. And I think I think social media is, is is with us. It's big. And, I've, you know, I've got two to two teenagers as well it's trying to sometimes just get away from that noise yeah just getting your devices away uh, t turning them off i think whatsapp groups i mean there's there's too many whatsapp groups i mean how many whatsapp groups is everyone involved in you know there yeah. and there's that that beep 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 of, of whatsapps and um i you know i'm i'm pretty guarded I, I don't want to be in too many of them you know it's uh you want to because it because it's, it's a distraction isn't it it's noise that that takes you away mm. from the moment and from whatever you're doing it's mad, even like, you know, my whole business is built around LinkedIn and promoting people on LinkedIn and teaching them how to spend time. And But it's really about how to use that time effectively and not spend yeah. all day scrolling. You know, I, I give myself about, about an hour a day now on there and I deleted the phone app. And, you know, I think you can be really productive in an hour or so a day on LinkedIn. You can you can get what you need from it. But then I scrapped Instagram and Facebook. I literally, yeah, I've, I've deleted WhatsApp groups. I, I've muted the ones that yeah. I don't want to delete. I'm the same. I think... Because we only have as much, we only have a certain amount of attention a day, and and I think you, you your willpower and your energy drains as the day goes on, right? So if you can protect your mind and protect your decisions and protect your stimulus as much as possible with just to what's really important, it has you, you feel better at the end of the day. Because if you waste too much time reading shit that you don't need, you're drained, and and then the people that need you and you're not the same. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've got this phrase, and I, I've, I've been using it for, for a few years now. Don't be a busy fool, uh, you know. And I use that to myself. Um, I sometimes <laughs> will we'll use it to the, to those close to me, and it's you know it's a, an element of um, telling people what they need to hear rather than what they want to hear. But so many, yeah. you know, we we waste time now, you know, and looking at social media for hours at an end or whatever is, is wasting time you know in in recruitment it might be looking at linkedin but not necessarily looking at and, and reading what's on linkedin it's just surfing linkedin yeah um, so, and it's, it's exactly what you said you've got to be efficient um you've got to view yourself as you know 
you're you're worth something you know to yourself to, to maybe to the company you work at or whatever and just making sure that you you're not a busy bull you know you know what you're doing mark it's been a pleasure that's an hour but i can't believe how fast that's gone I, yeah that's uh, good just enjoyed it. we could we could be chatting forever um i think yeah. there's been some great questions <clears throat> i hope people who've who've been tuned in live have enjoyed it obviously there's you know there's a lot of people listening back um what I'd like to say is, look, let, let's definitely keep in touch and, and think about bringing you back on in the future. I think, yeah, definitely. For me, the takeaways of that session was that one question actually, where you said, "What in twelve months' time? What does, what does, what does being? What did you say? What does success professionally look like?" Yeah, what is what your, your profession? If if I was to phone you in twelve months' time and you you are professionally happy, what does that look like? Describe it to yeah. me. Um, yeah. and, um, you know, then just let the individual speak, um, Amazing. and also ask yourself and ask yourself, what does that look like? Write it down, put it at the end. If you've got a pad or wherever you write your notes or notes on your phone, put it down there and then refer to it constantly. Well, not constantly, but like every month. <coughs> Amazing. <coughs> Sorry. And the other thing was that, you know, actually the other side of selling isn't as bright as people think. There's actually a darker side to it that for for, for, for people like you and, and hopefully myself and others that are driving forward all day, you know, there's an emptiness that comes from from exit that perhaps... Yeah, loneliness at times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there's also like, there's, there's going to be a second chapter. There's always going to be another chapter because you, you've got too much you got too much to give to just pack it in, right? Um, yeah. If anyone does want to reach out to you, is LinkedIn the best place to drop you a quick DM? And say yeah, thank for you? sure. Sure, definitely. LinkedIn. Yeah, there's All been a few way. people in the comments already saying thanks. Um, Mark, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for listening live today. Um, as I said to you before, this will be live um, on my profile now like for the future, and then it will go live on Spotify and Apple from Monday at 6 o'clock. I'll see you again next Thursday at 12 o'clock. Thank you, as always, for listening to today's show. I truly, truly hope that you got value from it. That's the only reason I take time every week is to ensure that my audience, future and existing recruitment owners are learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger. Today's episode was brought to you by Hoxo Media. I am the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media, and we are the world's leading content marketing and personal branding agency for recruitment businesses specifically. So we are working with over 200 agencies and 2,000 recruiters right now, both managing the brands, producing content, building written video podcast content for niche recruitment agencies all over the world, as well as coaching at a desk level individual recruiters in your businesses how to be better on LinkedIn. That's how to brand themselves. That's how to produce content. That's how to use the opportunity on LinkedIn to get traffic to their profiles and turn that into business. We're coaching people all over the world every single day. If any of that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean Anderson, a personal message on LinkedIn. I would love to talk to you. Tune in again next week. That's live on LinkedIn at 12 p.m. on Thursday, or you can catch the show on the following Monday from 6 a.m. on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'll see you soon.